Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Like, say I want to see what you're doing and who you're hanging with, and you're not posting about it on your story. I can just stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's weird. You do that? No, I don't do that. I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages and keep it between friends, and then use that money to buy something at a store with Apple Pay. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Maybe. Shh. Services are provided by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. It's scary as hell having kids going to school in 2023. That is a whole fact. Because you know the way my worry be set up, child. And it's giving, I want to homeschool them. But when all these shootings are happening anywhere, it makes it that much more intense. Deadass. Hey, I'm Kadeen. And I'm DeVal. And we're the Ellises. You may know us from posting funny videos with our boys. And reading each other publicly as a form of therapy. Wait, I make you need therapy? Most days. Wow. <laughs> oh, and one more important thing to mention, we're married. Yes, sir, we mm-hmm. are. We created this podcast to open dialogue about some of life's most taboo topics. Things most folks don't want to talk about. Through the lens of a millennial married couple. Deadass is a term that we say every day. So when we say deadass, we're actually saying facts. 100. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. <laughs> we about to take Pillow Talk to a whole new level. Deadass starts right now. All right, story time. Um, I'm going to just be honest. I'm not going to... I hate talking about this topic. Well, I don't hate talking about this topic. It's a very important topic. But I don't want to talk about it in a place of lightness. So we're not going to do a karaoke. So I'm going to do two story times. Okay. Um, the first story time I'm going to do is what happened recently. Mm-hmm. I'm at home. I get a text message from our oldest son, Jackson, that they had to do a hard lockdown in school today. So he texts me. He goes, hey, Dad, there was a hard lockdown in school today. Mm-hmm. So I respond back, are you okay? Mm-hmm. I don't get a response. Mm-hmm. Oh, ciao. For and like, I'm in Sweden. Yeah, you're, you're oh in Sweden. God. I, I don't that. get a response for a good seven minutes, right? And the father in me is like, fuck this, I'm going to the school right now, mm-hmm. right? And then I start thinking of all of the possibilities, right? If I pull up at the school and I, I, first of all, if I grab my firearm and I pull up in the school and I show up in the school ready to save my son and there is no emergency, then I look like the crazy father, mm-hmm. right? What if I'm on my way to school with my foreign firearm and I get pulled over? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking about all of these things in my mind. And while I'm thinking about what to do, then I get a text from Jackson after about seven, eight minutes, and he goes, yeah, I'm fine. There was a fight amongst the eighth graders, Mm -hmm. so there was a hard lockdown. Mm -hmm. And it really made me, like, sit back and think, like, is this the world we are in right now where 
the kids are so like we used to do fire drills. Remember fire I drills? I remember fire drills. Yep. Fire drills. They, yep. They, the, the alarms start going off. Everybody lines up at the door. We go down in a, a, a double file line down the stairs. We go outside. Mm-hmm. We get lined up around the school. And then we go inside. Jackson tells me now they do hard lockdown drills and soft lockdown drills. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy to yeah. me yeah. that that is the world That's we the live reality. in. But I'm going to take y'all back to the second story time is... 1999, heading into my first year of high school. Um, I believe that was the year Com- uh, Columbine happened, or it was the year right after, but that was the first Columbine shooting, I believe it was in 1999. That was like the first memorable The first memorable one, one of mass shootings in schools. And right. I remember that in New York, they had just started putting metal detectors mm-hmm. in schools, and mm-hmm. it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Right, because I remember having to go. I got to go through the metal detectors every morning in New York City High School. Every single morning, I got to be there thirty minutes early so I can go through the metal detectors. And parents were upset because their children shouldn't have to go through this process to get an education. Right. And now here we are, twenty four years later, and now my son is doing hard lockdown drills from mass shootings. It's wild. It is absolutely ridiculous. Ridiculous. So look, we're going to take this quick break. Like I said, this episode is not about fun and laughter. I want to discuss this, and Kadeen and I want to discuss this because we have kids. Yeah. And we know a lot of people out there who have children, and we're all sitting here trying to figure out what are we going to do moving forward if this doesn't slow down and ultimately stop. Stick around, y'all. We'll be back. Hey, what's good, y'all? I think it's important for you to understand why black representation in media is important. It's important because... The media represents how people view us, and it's important that they understand that black people are not a monolithic people. That is a fact, and the next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truth. Black Stories, Black Truth is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, Told from a unique black perspective, from Bobby Schmurter to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. You do that? Not anymore. <laughs> I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages. So no public feeds. And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay. Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh. <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, y'all, losing two loved ones in a matter of six months, it can be a lot. And a lot of times when you're dealing with grief, you have a lot to get off your chest with your family. That's absolutely right. You know, people carry around all different types of stresses, big and small. When you keep them bottled up, it can start to affect you negatively. 
And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to kind of figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deadass today to get 10% off your first visit. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deadass. During the break, let's quickly talk about a couple things that are important to most people I know. Comfort and style. Crocs, classic clogs, and sandals have both covered. When I'm talking about style, I mean personal style. There are just so many colors and so many gibbet charms that you can add to the Crocs to make them unique. You can dress up your Crocs to match your mood, to match your personality, to fit the occasion, and you can change them up day to day. I mean, ultimately, you can stand out from the crowd in a way that only you can because it's your personal style. And now, let's talk about comfort. You know... It doesn't get better than Crocs, clogs, and sandals when it comes to being comfortable. Style and comfort are usually a trade-off, but here, they're a package deal. It's like you have cushions on your feet. Soft, stylish, personalized, colorful, cushion. That's right. So why wait? Head over to Crocs.com today and experience the comfort and style of Crocs classic clogs and sandals for yourself. Your feet will thank you. All right, we're back. So, um... Talking about story time, that was 1999 that Columbine happened. Yeah. And so you and I were both, what, 16-ish? I was 15. 15, 16, yeah. 15. Right. I, was a, I was a freshman in high school. Yeah. And it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. A big deal. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I'm I at this point now. Like, for example, getting the, the text message from Jackson during the middle of the day or anytime the school calls yeah. during the middle of the day, we're usually like heart drops for a moment because yeah. you just want to make sure that everything's okay. And that happened a couple of times over the course of us having children. Mm-hmm. And I would, the first thing when the school official, whoever comes on the phone, the first thing they say is, Jackson's okay. Right. We just call or Cairo's fine. We just want, I said, please lead with that. Right. Because usually in those moments, they just know the minute you get a phone call from the school that it's going to be. Um, and they lead with that even that when, when they're lying. Because they told us in TLE that Jackson was all right. <laughs> Jackson and he is had a three inch hole in his tongue. I was going to say he had a gaping hole in the middle of his tongue after he fell in the, the playground. playground. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. He bit a hole through his tongue. And they said, Jackson is fine. They try not to cause panic. I said, send me a picture of it. Let me see what that looks like. Once nah. I saw that picture, I said, Deval, go get my baby. <laughs> Yeah. Go and get my baby. But it really makes me um, wonder what the next route should be for us as parents when you're really trying to make an educated um, and informed decision about whether or not to pull your children from school or not. Oh, man. You know, and then you think a step further, like Josh brought up a good point when we were talking pre-show and he's like, it's not just schools. It's going to the supermarket. It's regular everyday stuff. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. We actually have some facts and stats mm-hmm. so that we're not just speaking, you know, just putting hyperbole out here. We have some mm-hmm. actual facts and stats. Mm-hmm. For example, we are 136 days into 2023. The Gun Violence Archive has counted more than 200 mass shootings so far in 2023, which means we have at least one, m- most of the time it's two, Mass shootings a day in this country. Two mass shootings a day in this country. There are over, well, there were over 690 mass shootings in 2021 and 647 
2022. More Americans died of gun-related injuries in 2021 than in any other year on record. According to the latest available statistics from the Centers of uh, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, that included record numbers of both gun murders and gun suicides. Despite the increase in such fatalities, the rate of gun deaths, a statistic that accounts for the nation's growing population, remained below the levels of earlier decades. Rate of gun deaths 2021 was 14.6 versus 1974 was 16.3. President Biden has taken more ex executive action to reduce gun violence than any other president at this point in their presidency. The president's new executive order to reduce gun violence includes the following additional actions, all of which fall within existing executive authority and outside of the right protected by the Second Amendment. The executive order directs the president's cabinet to increase the number of background checks by ensuring that all background checks required by law are conducted before firearm pur purchases, Moving the U.S. as close to universal background checks as possible without additional legislation. Is this something that just happened? Because before yeah. they were saying it was no background check. That, yeah, this is I, all the stuff that he's that he's put in executive order while being president. This is stuff that he's working on now. He's working on now. Mm -hmm. So this hasn't gone through yet, though, because right now people outside willy-nilly getting guns. Absolutely. Okay. Right. Just wanted to be clear. Next, improve public awareness and increase appropriate use of extreme risk protection, red flag orders, and safe storage of firearms. So that's increasing education. For publics, for the public. Last one. Address the loss or theft of firearms during shipping. Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, ATF, data indicates an over 250% increase in the number of firearms reported as lost or stolen during shipment between federally licensed firearms dealers from roughly 1,700 in 2018 to more than 6,100 in 2022. That is wild. Crazy. So like five times more of guns just going missing? Yes. That's insane. Yes. Child. Well, four times more, but... Four times more, yeah. Here's, here's the biggest Almost thing. Five. We're listening to all of these things, right? I just want to ask you as a mom, mm -hmm. what is your thought process when it comes to picking a school or what we're going to do with the kids' school, schooling-wise? What is your thought process? Uh, to be completely honest, and this is maybe even just outside of all of the mass shootings that have been happening lately, we've entertained the idea of homeschooling our children, right? Yes. Um, and try to weigh the pros and cons and things like that. Um, it's not realistic, but as a mom, I would ultimately want my children where I can see them mm. at all times. It's not realistic, though. Um, I essentially would love if we were able to create an environment here where we can teach them or have someone come in home to teach them and then we can travel and we can see the world and we can just develop these well-cultured global citizens who are not only just educated when it comes comes to book stuff, but also mm. life, other cultures and things like that. We even entertained the idea recently after you left filming in Canada Amazing. when you were speaking to just a bunch of people on set, well, you know, whether it was producers or other actors, yeah. and they just said, you know, where do you live, you know, during the year? And we're like, well, you, we mean we live in Georgia, you know? Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, we spend, you know, half the year in France and then we are in Italy yeah. for two months and then we're here and then we're yeah. there. And I'm just like, wow, we're so accustomed to and we've yeah. just been raised in this bubble, if you will, of yeah. just this is how you do life. Yep. And I am more and more now um, thinking about the possibility or the ways in which we can expand on just giving our children more opportunities yeah. to see the world and to learn 
one-on-one through experiences. So to answer your question, my ideal situation would be a homeschool environment where they're home because I literally feel my absolute best when you and my four children and I are in the same space under the same roof together. And um, dropping them to school in different places in the morning, it just literally gives me anxiety every day to think about, God forbid, something happens. Right. You know, something globally happens, something locally happens, and I need to get two. Yeah. You know, three, and eventually when Dakota's in school, four children who essentially are in all different places at one time. That is extremely nerve-wracking. And I'm seriously, I don't know if that's something that you're considering now too, as, you know, we've spoken about it recently, like the idea of what it would look like if we were to homeschool our children and then have them socially out doing sports and organized activities where they can still get the balance of um, the social and the academic equally. So this is what I've looked at. And I just ask people to just listen to my statement. Mm-hmm. Okay. I put in U.S. population. Mm-hmm. It's 331.9 million people in the United States. Mm-hmm. 331.9 million. That's a lot of millions, right? Mm-hmm. In the last two years, they had 600, over 600 mass shootings. Right? In the past year? In the, two years. In the past two years, two years right. the total for both years was 600 million, mm-hmm. right? So we have 33, I mean, 600 mass shootings. Mm-hmm. So we have 600 mass shootings divided by 331 million, I said? Mm-hmm. Million. So I'm going to do the math right now. That means that mass shootings happen at a rate of 0.000001% of the people in the world are committing mass shootings. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm getting at? So they're committing mass shootings or people are dying from mass no, shootings? No, in the U.S. Uh-huh. Like the, the people who are committing. Committing mass, it, okay. It's been this many number of mass shootings. Mm-hmm. There are 331 million, but mm-hmm. there have been 600 mass shootings in mm-hmm. a year. Mm-hmm. Which means of the 330 million, mm-hmm. 600 chose to do a mass shooting. Mm-hmm. That's less than a, a millionth of a percent of the right. people. I feel and like that's reason, valid until it's your family member. No, no, no. And I'm, and I'm saying and that's, why I'm, that's why. Off. No, but that's why I'm asking people to listen to me. What I'm trying to point out is, is when we sensationalize something, Right. It heightens awareness, yes, to prevent it. But we also have to look at the reality of where it is in the grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. right? You have a higher risk of getting hit by a car and dying than you do of dying in a mass shooting. Mm-hmm. That's just a fact. Yeah. And maybe that's right? that's where we differ because I guess me thinking of it maybe emotionally, right? Mm-hmm. Or as a mother, as a someone who just thinks like, I just don't want my child or someone I love or know to be one of those people involved. But But here's my thing. And this is what I'm asking you. Isn't it irrational to take the exception of the rule and make that a rule? Isn't that irrational? It is. I can see how it could be. So why would you begin to move? It just doesn't feel irrational when you see it and we're fed that through social media all the time. But that's my point. When you sensationalize something, it then becomes a problem, Mm -hmm. right? Because of the sensationalization. Mm -hmm. Not that I'm saying that mass shootings aren't a problem. They are a problem because we still have more mass shootings in America than than every other country. But what I'm saying is is that trying to change your lifestyle Mm -hmm. and your life based on something that happens 
0.0000181% of the time mm-hmm. really doesn't make sense. And what I'm employing what I'm employing people to do is educate themselves on it, but don't take any drastic measures. Like I gave the example of he said it was a hard lockdown. I'm getting ready to go grab my gun and run up in a school. That would have been extremely irrational if you think about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I grab my gun and I run up to the school because my, my son says someone, he, they had a hard lockdown. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking that I don't want it to be a situation where my son was waiting and the cops didn't do something. So I went there first. Mm-hmm. That's a completely irrational thought based right. on how many people we have in the world. Majority of people are not committing mass shootings. Right. Now, what I'm saying is, I still think there needs to be stricter gun laws. Mm-hmm. I think there needs to be a greater uh, responsibility and accountability from our federal government to make sure that the city citizens of this country are safe. Right. That's what I'm saying. But what I want to implore people to do is not take drastic measures mm-hmm. because we're concerned about something. Mm-hmm. And I'm, that's why I gave the example of me running to get my gun and running to the mm-hmm. school. Because if everyone starts responding that way, then we'll have anarchy. You see what I'm saying? No, I see that, especially with everyone being able to grab a gun. Exactly. And I'm looking at the numbers here, too. The influx of these things happening, too, I think are a direct correlation between the way we've had to exist in this world for the past two to three years. When did did COVID impact us and the pandemic Talk about it. This is all a direct correlation, I believe, um, from the the, the repercussions of that, of being Mm -hmm. locked down, of people being at home for, you know, uh, months on end for people mm-hmm. being sick from losing loved ones to COVID. Like that literally was the catalyst, I believe, that sparked the increase here. And well, there's well, not there's as much. Okay. My bad. Before you finish that, I think there's two things. Okay. Because mental health is definitely one. Okay. But there is also a study that shows that when you sensationalize things, it gives other people ideas to do uh, it. I'll right. give you an example. Okay. When the movie Money Train came out, which is one of my favorite movies with mm-hmm. Wesley Snipes, Woody Harrelson, and Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. There was a scene in the movie when they had the token booth clerk and they would, they would put the yeah. gasoline under there and tell her to give us the money and light them on fire. Yes. There was an increase of those incidents in New York, which is why the movie bombed because people were saying boycott this movie because they're sensationalizing the the uh, arson yes. of tow booth clerks. Yes. And I'm starting to realize... It becomes a piggyback thing. It, it becomes a thing as we saw that those people gained fame mm-hmm. from doing something that was diabolical. Let's do that. Mm. And I feel like part of it is, is the more we sensationalize acts of gun violence. Mm-hmm. And that's... Have you noticed that they stopped showing the shooter's face and giving their names on social media? I mean, I mean on mass media? Uh. Because they don't want to give them any praise Mm -hmm. because then the next person who wants to commit this says well even if i die they'll remember my name Mm. but if you commit mass murder and no one talks about it it's like what's the point Mm -hmm. so ultimately what i'm saying is is that i think a large increase in the number is happening is the fact that mass media is covering it more Mm -hmm. but social media has also given a voice to people who where mass when mass media decides we're not going to cover things in this way because mm-hmm. we don't want to give people the the fame or I call it infamy mm-hmm. because doing something like this is infamous. It's infamous right, is a infamous negative thing. Not, yeah. You don't want them mm-hmm. to become known in, in infamy. Mm-hmm. But now you have social media, mm-hmm. and through social media, there's just no holds barred. Oh baby, you click on one story, you click on another story, and, and you, then you just showing, get fed that, you just and you get keep fed showing, that and then people and just make again. narratives and create different things. I honestly feel like the use of social media and, and even um, some mass media and the way they cover these things are making it more 
enticing mm-hmm. for people to do diabolical things. Right. Because that's how they become famous. Mm. And that's I can it's see really that. disheartening. You know I can what I'm see saying? That. No, it is super disheartening. So you think of the the mental illness that may be around mm-hmm. it. You think of the sensationalizing of it mm-hmm. as well. Um, and speaking of sensationalizing or just showing it on social media, I'd seen recently where um, people were calling for the last shooting that happened at the mall mm-hmm. where um, a couple families lost people. Yes. Um, there was one particular family. I think it was an Asian family. It was a husband and wife and they had two or three children. Mm-hmm. And um, the mother and father, I believe, were killed. One of the sisters were killed. And then one child was left now as an, an orphan, essentially, because the parents yeah. were killed. Um, and there was a person that was there as a you know good Samaritan after the fact mm-hmm. trying to help and they, the person, the, the gentleman said that there was a little person, a little girl, you know, face down. So he flipped her over to see like, you know, if mm-hmm. he can help. And she had no face. These ARs are AR completely dismantling people. people. Um, and that's and that's where I feel like the government has to do a greater responsibility because people in this country shouldn't have access to weapons that are used that in can war. do that. You know they, what I'm saying? Right. The capability and right. the access to it. And, and and then people were calling for, you know, another Emmett Till situation. Put that baby in a casket and let people see the mm. effects. Let these, you know, the, the higher the gun, lobbyists. the gun lobbyists, let them see what these weapons are doing yeah. to our children. And will that maybe, you know, soften the callus that they have on their heart for this I, you know you know what it's scares just cra- me it's crazy you know what scares me about even gun lobbyists and all of these things i thought that when mass shootings became rampant in white neighborhoods or higher upscale neighborhoods it would cause a change mm-hmm. but it hasn't the only thing yeah. that has caused a change in america is when the black panther party started to arm themselves with with automatic weapons mm. immediately in the 60s. It was after like, oh, we can't all, we have, can't all have guns. Then that's when they started yeah. to make so, uh, uh, rules yeah. on who can get guns or not. But think about it. These gun lobbyists, most of them are mm-hmm. older, rich white men. Mm-hmm. They are watching their own grandkids and mm-hmm. kids be murdered in schools and in malls and stuff at concerts. Mm-hmm. And they're still not changing their mind. Right. Which to me is scary. And they often give the same stat that I gave that guns aren't the problem. It's these people because the amount of mass shootings that happen compared to how many people are in the world mm-hmm. is not the same, which I, I agree with. Mm-hmm. But my problem is, is giving someone access when you know that people, like, for example, they say guns don't kill people, people kill people. Mm-hmm. Fine. Why are you giving people who kill people access to the type of guns where they can kill people in large amounts? Period. You know what I'm saying? Period. Like, like you, if all people had access to was a six shooter, <laughs> right? You ain't going to see as many mass shootings. You know, you pew, 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 let me reload. It's right. a wrap for you. Right. But when you can shoot 40 and 50 rounds in a matter of seconds, that to me is unreal. It's wild. But I just, I, 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 want, I want people to think, right, and not be reactionary. Mm-hmm. That's why I asked you before I gave my... Mm-hmm. That's before I, I asked still want to homeschool my babies, though. No, no, I, mean, <laughs> I, I, I feel you. And, you know, and it's not only I want for right here. gun violence. It's Go not only for gun violence that you want to Yeah, no, there's, there's, several, there's several reasons. several reasons. But yeah. I do want people to think outside the box mm-hmm. when it comes to gun violence and the choices you make in response to what we know about gun violence, mm-hmm. right? 
Because if we're if we're told that there's an act of gun violence or mass shooting every day, the first thing we do is go, oh my God, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. But then when you think about how many people exist in the world, your chances of being there's there's car accidents, multiple car accidents every day. Mm-hmm. Like there's probably five car accidents in every city every day. Right. But there's one to two acts of gun violence, but we never stop driving. My point is we can't stop living mm-hmm. or let those people who make poor decisions consume us and how we treat our kids. Or also, living in fear. I was just about to say living that. Living in fear. That's we can't crippling. instill fear into yeah. our kids. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Awareness, we, yes. Yes. Awareness, yes. And and uh, and being prepared. Yes. You know, and, and knowing your surroundings and, and being yes. reactive. Um, in those situations, God forbid, yes. Yes. But not living in, in fear. Yes. And I think we did a lot of living in fear for, for a large portion of Absolutely. 2020, 2021. You know, Absolutely. people are still living in fear to this day. Um, and it could be crippling for sure. But you know what's crazy though? I grew up around guns my whole life. My family's from the South. My grandfather used to hunt and fish. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? My Papa John has a shooting range in his backyard. He shoots guns. That was he my taught first me. Time shooting a gun. Yeah, you, the first <laughs> time you Papa shot John. a gun was with Papa John. I've been shooting shotguns since I was a teenager. Yeah, I've been shooting handguns and learned. My my uncle is a retired police officer. He taught me how to load and unload, reload and clean a, a Glock and a mm-hmm. nine. Like guns have always been a part of my life, mm-hmm. right? And guns will be a part of my son's lives mainly mm-hmm. because I feel as a homeowner, mm-hmm. you have to have something to protect your home, mm-hmm. right? But also. As a homeowner, you have a responsibility to protect the public, mm-hmm. right? So that I can't explain too much about how my gun system works mm-hmm. here because you never know if an intruder's ever listening and stuff like that. <laughs> but it's not easy access for my children, right? You know, right? And it's it's not accessible for any of the children who are mm-hmm. not of age. Mm-hmm. So even if they know where it is, they can't access it access to it. Period. Mm-hmm. But my thing is, I want parents especially parents like us who often get, like we have fear yeah. when we think about things to, to slow down a little bit. Yeah. Don't make drastic decisions based on something that's sensationalized, even though I understand the sensationalization of it. Mm-hmm. There has to be more gun reform. There has to be. Mm-hmm. But also let's not lose the fact that if you start acting crazy because we keep seeing the same thing, we're going to make it even worse. Yeah. Like, I can't, I, I'm being honest. The moment I got the text about the lockdown from Jackson, the first thing I thought about was going to grab my gun and run into the school. Yeah. Imagine if every parent goes and does that. <laughs> right, right. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's because I wasn't thinking. And then there's misunderstanding. And then it's like, oh my goodness, this happened so quickly. I just re- I reacted. You and then, uh, you know, it's, it becomes worse than what it was. I'm I'm so serious. Yeah. Like, that, like that's where it's come to at this point. Like, mm-hmm. I legitimately thought about grabbing my gun and running up to the school to make sure my son was okay because I didn't hear back from him. Yeah. And schools that's, too. That's crazy. To avoid hysteria, particularly in a grade, like a middle school where... Children have their phones with them. Yes. There needs to be like, here's what's happening, y'all. I don't know if it's an announcement over the loudspeaker. Well, they sent an email. They did. Okay. They did but I didn't check my email. I got a text right away. Yeah. From it's like that my instant. son first. Right. It's just like, is there a call that goes out to everybody? Like in the moment, something like that happens. Like, hey, you know, hard lockdown yeah. versus soft lockdown. What does that look like? And then as parents, we should know too what that means, right? What's mm-hmm. a soft lockdown versus a hard lockdown? What exactly happens in those moments? Mm-hmm. So we too can also not fly off the handle. Absolutely. If we know that, oh my goodness, there was like a little scuffle between two kids. What did that warrant? What kind of lockdown? Like, it's just wild that this is what we are thinking about now as parents. But think about it. As kids, there may have been something that happened. Like you said, fire drills, things like that, that our parents knew about back then. 
where in that moment we didn't think it was a big deal. But now as parents, we're like, oh my God, like all these lockdowns and what they mean for our kids. It's crucial to know that. I just, I, it just feels like social media has kind of like, like grabbed everyone's attention and people yeah. know what to, to post for clickbait. Yeah, that's, that's true too. So, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It just seems like they're using us. And, and if there using... is no narrative, then they create one. You know what I'm saying? Like there if there's go. things that are in question, it's just like, oh, let's just create something. Like even right. just with Jamie Foxx and I his bring wife. That up I mean, his, uh, his, his daughter. daughter. You know, she's just like, wait a second. Y'all are sending all these stories out there about my dad, but he... It's home playing pickleball, pick you know? And I'm like, well... Shout out to Jamie. Yeah. Prayers oh, up. Jamie, we, we haven't just heard been anything about you. except from, from your daughter. And we just praying for you, man. One of the greatest talents to ever walk the face of this earth. Y'all know how earth. I feel about Jamie. He's yeah, like... favorite. You just got to be okay, bro. You know, we know you're going to be okay. Absolutely. Bro, so. We're already putting that out there. But yeah. it's just people are left to their own thoughts and devices yeah. when, you know, um, credible sources aren't putting out what mm -hmm. it is. Um, so, yeah. Just like, you know... We just got to be careful out there in these streets, y'all. We do. Got to be careful. But uh, and, and Josh made a great point. Um, people are not only dying in schools. Mm -hmm. People are going grocery shopping. They're going to the mall. They're going to concerts. They're, mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're, it's happening everywhere. So mm -hmm. it's not just the kids. The kids, yeah. You know, I just think that us as a humanity <sighs> have to do a better job of understanding what's going on and not just listening to yeah. reports. Yeah. Because if you watch the news, I don't care what it is, CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, mm -hmm. they all have an agenda. Mm -hmm. And if you rely on social media, mm -hmm. <laughs> forget you on that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, start looking at some of the stats. Start reading some of the laws. Understanding what's going on so that you can make an educated decision for your family. Mm -hmm. And don't do something crazy and emotional mm -hmm. because they've used fear to create this sense of urgency amongst Americans. That's really what, you know. Yeah, yeah. What I want to implore people on some. Oh my goodness, so much to think about, y'all. Ultimately, let's just stay prayed up. Yes. And let's stay paid up as we pay these bills. <laughs> because if we don't be paid up, then y'all can't hear us talk. So, okay, <laughs> stick around. We'll be back with some listening letters. Yeah. During the break, let's quickly talk about a couple things that are important to most people I know. Comfort and style. Crocs Classic Clogs and Sandals have both covered. When I'm talking about style, I mean personal style. There are just so many colors and so many gibbet charms that you can add to the Crocs to make them unique. You can dress up your Crocs to match your mood, to match your personality, to fit the occasion, and you can change them up day to day. I mean, ultimately, you can stand out from the crowd in a way that only you can because it's your personal style. And now, let's talk about comfort. You know... It doesn't get better than Crocs, clogs, and sandals when it comes to being comfortable. Style and comfort are usually a trade-off, but here, they're a package deal. It's like you have cushions on your feet. Soft, stylish, personalized, colorful cushion. That's right. So why wait? Head over to Crocs.com today and experience the comfort and style of Crocs classic clogs and sandals for yourself. Your feet will thank you. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. 
You may be aware that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies and life-saving measures. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? You, along with the American Red Cross, regardless of your blood type, can help by donating blood. Every day, our blood saves lives and eases the pain for those living with sickle cell. When you donate blood, there is a direct positive impact within our community. Right now, there is great need for blood donations in the African-American community. Every donation counts and makes a difference in someone's life. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. There's power in every purchase because every time we buy a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. And y'all know I love my lip bar products. That's just one to name a few. There is a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. Show Black Founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. That's right, y'all. Black Founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. That's right. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing Black-owned products you can add to your daily routine. All right, we're back, guys. Listener letter time. Yes. I'm a diving. Okay. Hello. Deval and Kadeen love the podcast and how you both express the daily lives as a black couple in America. Thank you. Mm-hmm. This question is mainly for Deval. I've been listening to you for years and I know that you are very passionate about fitness. I'm trying to become a fitness trainer. I'm very passionate about how the body works and the limits that you can put on the body through being healthy, of course. What's the best advice and guidance you would give to someone to become a fitness trainer starting out? Mind you, I'm in the military and fitness is highly recommended. Thank you in advance from a fit young black sailor. Mm, Uh, That's cute. Are you you. cute, fit black young sailor? Because I got some single friends. (laughs) Shout out to you, young person. I appreciate uh, you reaching out to us. It's actually very, very simple. There's um, a group, well, it's not a group, it's a company called the National Academy of Sports Medicine, NASM, N-A-S-M. And they have a six-month program that if you take it, you can become certified to be a fitness professional. The reason why that is important is because in order to get insurance to cover you as a fitness professional, you need a certification so that your insurance can cover you just in case there is an injury. But more importantly, NASM teaches you how to Train people while preventing injuries. Most people think that you can just get out there and tell people to do runs or jumping jacks and kicks and stuff. No, there are certain things that go into this fitness thing, this kinesiology, exercise physiology thing that will help you be better at your job. Mm-hmm. You know, every, every person or athlete doesn't have the heart or genetic makeup or body of a soldier. So if you try to train them like a soldier, you know, you could cause major injury or death. So do yourself a favor. Go ahead. I was going to say, that's me. Deval trains me like a soldier. He trains me like a football player near death. But here we are. You're making it, right? I'm making it. And if we go to war, what happens? What happens if we go to war? (laughs) At least I know how to squat about 185. (laughs) (laughs) You see what I'm saying? Easy, baby. You can carry me. I'm working my way back up. That's a fact. Something happens, you can carry me. Why do you think I do all this? I know. So I could put all four of them boys on my back if I had to, baby. See what I'm saying? Baby. That's why the cake is caked up. All right now. The squats is to help build leg strength so she can help carry the boys in the mm-hmm. event Armageddon happens, that's the only reason why I got K doing so many squats. Lies. All right? That's the only reason? Yeah, that's the only reason mm-hmm. to prepare for Armageddon. You see what I'm saying? Just so y'all know now, if y'all so don't think- So he can get in. You know what I'm saying? About no oh, I'm going to get in. I'm going to get in them cheeks. You know what I'm saying? I'm prepared for Armageddon because I'm going to get in them cheeks. But um, no. Look up the National Academy of Sports Medicine. 
Start there. Get your certifications. Get you an insurance plan that mm -hmm. protects you and your clients. Uh, get an LLC. Start a company name. And if you're if you're a, a soldier, you already have the main basic thing that people want in a trainer, and that's discipline. Oh, and passion. And passion. If discipline you're passionate and about passion. it. That's dope. You can show them. And and you've accomplished something. Mm -hmm. This is one thing I always tell trainers. <laughs> you have to be able to show people that you accomplished something for them to say, you know what? I'll let you train me. Yeah. Most people want to be trainers without having accomplished anything. Mm -hmm. What made me a successful trainer? Yes, I played in the NFL. Mm -hmm. But I also walked on to my college. So people see me go through some adversity to get the goal. Mm -hmm. Most people You also want look someone. the part, too. I do. You I fine. work out a lot. Am I? Mm -hmm. Am I? Swole. You fine, but it's funny because like that's that's literally something that you look at when mm -hmm. you're looking for a trainer. No, whether you're looking at male, female, it's like oh, Absolutely. I want to look like that. Absolutely. What did he do or what did she do Absolutely. to achieve those results? Absolutely, that's where I want to be. This person must know what they're talking about because I remember, child, I was pregnant with Cairo doing a spin <laughs> class with this instructor that never never once put his ass on that bike. <laughs> You remember yeah, the I training remember, class? I remember. Never At once Pac got Flex. on a bike and was so, come on, you got to do it. You got to do it. I was like, nigga, you ain't doing it. So why am I in your <laughs> class? <laughs> why am I in your class when you're rolling around here, not healthy, not clearly, healthy. never on the bike, but you're running spin classes? I didn't get it. But anyway, I had my own goals to accomplish in that point. So I didn't let him deter me. You but always go was, back. Um, he really, he really triggered you. Bro, he triggered because I remember me. you came and he called you a penguin one day. He, yeah, because I was, I, yes, he called me he a penguin. Big. Because he was like I was seven months pregnant. I was thirty-five weeks pregnant. I literally spun, like, did spin classes mm -hmm. till the very end with Cairo. I mm -hmm. literally had him on the spin bike, mm -hmm. essentially. And I, I made her do that because if we get into Armageddon and there's a bike, somebody has to be able to ride the bike and hold the kids. That part. So I was doing this so that pregnant. she'd be prepared just in case if Armageddon happens. With a belly. Mm -hmm. So one day I was coming in, right? Exactly, because I'm like literally about to give birth any day now. And I was, of course, waddling. That's what you tend to do yeah. as a pregnant woman yeah. in the very end of yeah. the pregnancy. So I'm waddling in, you know, minding my business, getting ready to go do my warm up. And he was like, hey, watch Penguin over there waddling. I turned around and looked. I said, you? have the nerve to call me a penguin i said my nigga you are the leader happy feet so don't start don't start ah uh, you gonna call the man happy feet yeah. right before his spin class he was kind of large too he was he was, he was and i had a whole nerve to be sarcastic and have an attitude when he, he was, was 36 ready. weeks too he was 36 37 ish <laughs> yep absolutely we had the same struggle you going to hell the same Leave struggle that man alone. but yeah uh, a fit young black sailor that's what you do i just gave you some tips pause that part Get it done. All right. <laughs> second, second, second question. Hey, Kadeen and Deval. Hey. I want to say that y'all are truly an inspiration for me. Thank you so much. I've been following you guys since the YouTube days, and I absolutely love your content. My fiance and I have been together since we were 15. We are now 29 and 30. Kudos to y'all and have three beautiful daughters together. Congrats. Just some background. We both come from single parent homes and neither of us had any role models when it comes to relationships. We have had our share of issues and problems throughout the years, but we still choose each other. Amen to mm -hmm. that. He often has problems with expressing himself and feels he shouldn't have to express his feelings all the time and that I should just know. And I'm always telling him, bro, the fact <laughs> that he says, bro, is hilarious because that's what Kay said. <laughs> Literally. Bro, I'm not a mind reader. And I also don't want to assume what could be going on with him. He was raised in the streets, so he has a very tough exterior, just like Zach. Mm -hmm. He feels that expressing his feelings is hard for him. I am overly expressive sometimes and I have a fixer mindset. So that causes us to bump heads a lot because I am always trying to figure out what could be wrong so I can fix it. 
I would appreciate some advice on what I can do to give him the space to open up to me. Also, any advice in general about building a stronger relationship would be gladly appreciated. Thank you for being an inspiration. Love you guys. Love mm -hmm. you too. So building a stronger relationship, get your copy of We Over Me. Because <laughs> Talk that's about it. That's literally how it what started. What is We Over Me? We Over Me is our New York Times bestselling book. Um, the counterintuitive approach to getting everything you the want what? out of the what counterintuitive. My bad. I was trying to <laughs> glaze over that. <laughs> I was trying to glaze the over the counterintuitive approach to getting everything you want out of your relationship. We literally unhash or, or rehash and mm -hmm. break down um, everything from our the beginning of our Brooklyn love yeah. story and how we've gotten to this point. Because when everyone asks for, I need me a Deval, I need me a Kadeem. Trust me, who you see today. Mm -hmm. and who was the that person that we're then. still trying to be better and the fact that y'all were together since 15 right mm -hmm. and grew together and now 29 and 30 that's something um beautiful in itself so yeah if you want some general building stronger information uh relationship information a lot of it is there which is a good start but yes babe expressing emotions you said this was very much like zach your character on sisters mm -hmm. right how are we getting zach to open up um you say it all the time. <laughs> Marriage is one long, endless conversation. Mm -hmm. There's always going to be something to work on. And since y'all been together for 15 years, y'all are constantly choosing each other. This is just another example of why choosing each other is important. Mm -hmm. You want him to continue to open up, create a safe space for him to open up. Don't judge him when he does open up, mm -hmm. right? I'll give you an example. Kadeen and I talked about this. Kadeen told me for a long time she didn't, you know, she wanted me to start opening up more, opening up more, saying my feelings because I was the typical macho man and mm -hmm. I got it, you I were. got this, I yep. got this until I didn't have it. Right. The problem is sometimes when I would open up, Kadeen would be tired of me opening up and be like, oh, we still got to talk about this. Mm -hmm. So it was like, you say you want me to open up, but then when I open up, you get upset about it. Right. You know, so I would say I if you want him to that. open up. Make sure that you're creating a safe space for him to open up without judgment mm -hmm. and continuing to to push and not push in a way where it becomes off putting, mm. you know, allow him to come into it on his own terms mm -hmm. with a gentle push. Yeah. You know, they have this, yeah. this term called gentle parenting. Mm -hmm. They need to have a term called gentle spousing, <laughs> yes. you know, because there's ways to get people to talk. To right? You don't get people to talk by saying, open your mouth, motherfucker. Like I'm the only one here. No. Mm -hmm. like, hey, babe, like how are you feeling today? Yeah. Or I've noticed you know? this lately right. and it doesn't seem like you or right. this is something that we've been dealing with for a long time. And I really think that if we got over this hurdle, then maybe things can like really yeah. flourish and take us to the next level. Because all, all you ever want essentially from your spouse is ascension, right? You want things to be better than they Absolutely. were the last day. Um, and that's the approach that I started to take with DeVal too. And, and to be honest, some things are so... Um, either deeply rooted or so compacted that it requires several conversations to yeah. break down the core. Yeah. Of it. And think about it. There's some things that you and I have been discussing for the past 20 years. Yeah. That I'm just starting to get right. now, <laughs> you know, just starting to get. and just starting to get. And it's, it's conversations that it wasn't for lack of communication because if I was communicating it, was I maybe in the space to receive it and then reciprocate in that moment? No, but he never let up on expressing the way he felt. He never gave up on me thinking that, you know what, she's never going to get it. Um, I'm glad you We really gave each other a lot of space and latitude and to grace. be able and grace to figure it out. And when it clicks, baby. <laughs> It clicks because yeah. these last couple months, for Deval and I at least, mm -hmm. have probably been some of the better some months the best that months we've, we've had, had. Yeah, like in ever. the twenty years, like I mean, ever. Other, other than the honeymoon years, yeah, when we were first learning each other and not realizing. I think this has been the best couple of months 
since we've been in adulthood and didn't ha- wasn't having our education paid for and mm-hmm. the and the NFL sponsoring mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Like we were de- we been dealing with real life issues, real stresses, mortgages, car notes, businesses, some doing well, some not doing well, but still finding the ability to love on each other through those things. Where yeah. in the past those things used to cause issues. You know, any oh out, outside stressor used to cause issues in here. Always. And it's no longer doing that. Or even just like internal things, like just having a quick, you know, um, there was something, I don't can't think of what it is recently because it was so insignificant, but we might've had a little back and forth about something. And mm. the way I would have approached it and gotten upset and carried that shit on for the day, I just, we didn't. It was like, almost like we had a moment we spoke about whatever it was. I think I, I remember. And then we just kept that's it moving. The funny thing is we, and I we thought to myself, argue. wow, that was easy. Like yeah. <laughs> we don't, we no longer had those moments where we were just having these drawn out conversations or these back and forths. It was something Dang, super trying, simple. Something you know small, what I'm but, talking about, right? It was some, yeah. Cause I think it might've been when we were in Canada, but it was something small that I remember what it was. What it was, was it? it was something small that would have been something big. Yeah. Had we handled it differently. This right. is exactly what it was. You were in Atlanta I was in Canada. Uh-huh. I called you on the phone and you That's kept saying to me, oh, babe, let me call you back. Babe, let me call you back. Mm-hmm. The whole day, babe, let me call you back. Yeah. Finally, at the end of the night, you called me back at 1230 and then you fell asleep. Yeah. We were the watching Zatima we were watching together. Zatima. I was trying to stream it for you. Yeah. And you fell asleep. And yeah. I was just like, yo, you're doing the same thing to me away that you do with me at home. You put me off, put me off, put me off. And then when you say it's finally my time, mm-hmm. you fall asleep. Mm-hmm. And in the past, you would have argued me down as to why I shouldn't feel mm-hmm. a way about it. But instead, you were like, you know what I'm saying? You were just like, babe, my bad. I got tired. I didn't, you know, you're right. right. I shouldn't have did this. Yeah, because I was like, I'm here. I'm just, it's just me, mom and dad. I'm right. trying to juggle the kids. Like, they had a bunch of practices. You want me to be slim and trim and, you know, continue this workout routine that right. we started. And I'm doing that. And the workouts have been killing me to the point where at nights I'm tired. Right. But I also knew, too, that in the moments when DeVal is not with the family, mm-hmm. you're particularly fragile. Yes, like, you don't like, like I, to be away from your family. I don't. So I also, knowing that backstory, had to understand, like, listen, he might be lashing out in this moment because he just misses me. Right. He misses the kids. I'm sitting in the man cave where he loves to be. And he's mm-hmm. not there in that moment. You and, know? I, and I also had to realize that. I am fragile when I'm by myself. Mm-hmm. So what typically wouldn't have bothered me mm-hmm. bothered me more. Mm-hmm. So that's when I called you back and I was like, my bad. Like, right. Like, and that's why I was like, babe, it's all right. And we, yeah, and we both like, were just like, it is all right. I did some things that I wish I should have done differently. You mm-hmm. did some things and we let it go and, and we, we let moved it go. on. Yeah. But in the past, it li- literally would have went like this in the past. <laughs> She'd have fell asleep. I would have hung up. Uh-huh. She would have called me back, called me back. I wouldn't have answered the phone. Mm-hmm. And then she would have called me the next morning. I wouldn't have answered the phone. I would have went to work all day and she'd have been like, yo, like. Right. I and then I would have stopped calling and been like, all right, well, whatever. Right. And then we'd have been arguing for days because it'd be like, I'm not going to be the one to call. I'm not going to be the one to call. Yeah. But then we'd have did petty stuff like I would have called Jackson's phone <laughs> and spoke to all the kids who I knew was around K. And, and then when she'd come me. to the phone, I would act like I don't see her. <laughs> or she would do something petty like. Call your father and ask your father something. Uh-huh. And I'll be like, why are you calling me? Mommy said that she wants me to. It, but, right. And then we're involving the kids in it. Now the kids yeah. are just like, oh, here they go. <laughs> but but the truth of the matter is, and the reason why we tell y'all that is when somebody's going through something after they say like it's 15 years we be together, mm-hmm. it's one 
ongoing conversation. Mm -hmm. Stop putting this unrealistic expectation on yourself that if you don't have everything figured out about your partner in the first five years of your relationship, mm -hmm. your relationship is doomed. Mm -hmm. That's not a reality. It's the not. reality is it takes time. It takes years. It takes decades to figure out that smooth spot. Mm -hmm. And even when you figure that out, as you guys evolve and change, you have to figure something else out. That's a fact. So just keep rocking with it and keep choosing each other. They, mm -hmm. She literally said... We choose each other. We still choose each other. I love that for y'all. That's all you have to keep doing is choosing each other. I love that other. for y'all. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Those are two really good listener letters, yeah. guys. Um, keep writing in because we love to hear from you. And if you want to be featured as a listener letter, be sure to email us at deadassadvice at gmail.com. Spell it from the mate. That's D-E-A-D-A-S-S-A-D-V-I-C-E at gmail.com. All right, moment of truth time. <sighs> Gun control is such a heavy topic. I hate like rehashing and thinking about these things over and over, but it is. This is the reality, or is it indeed the reality? Because you're saying, you know, based off of the stats and everything that, you know, no, it we is never take away from mass shootings and the impact they've had. Right. But also trying to live in a world where we're not fearful of our day to day life. This is my moment of truth. It's going to be very difficult for people to hear, but this is the moment of truth. Okay. When it comes to gun violence um, and it comes to political seasons, mm -hmm. oftentimes mass media, the people who are in control, mm -hmm. use the things that make us the most afraid as political capital to win an election. Mm. Right? And we are coming around that time. Right. We're 2024. Start thinking about it again. Well, we have to start thinking about who's going to be our president. Mm -hmm. We just came off of midterm elections. Mm -hmm. So I'm starting to realize that every time we get around the election cycle, gun violence is a hot button topic, mm -hmm. just like police violence is a hot button topic. Mm -hmm. But when realistically, when you look at the statistics, there's less than 1% of that population actually committing the crimes or doing the things that they are making the most important thing to talk about. Mm -hmm. And they make that the narrative. Mm -hmm. When that's just the narrative, it's not everyone's uh, reality. Reality, yeah. And when, it be when the narrative then becomes everyone's reality, people turn their reality into what the narrative is. Mm. And they start to move irrationally. Mm-hmm. I want it's literally people, becoming a casualty of war. Yes. Like we are the casualties yes. of it is, war. <laughs> it is a self-fulfilling prophecy that if yeah. you keep thinking this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this yeah. is going to happen, and you prepare for this to happen, this to happen, you almost make it happen. Yeah. Give you you said that recently to Jackson too. And I think me, I was thinking about something or just saying how fearful I was of something happening. And you were just like, hey, you're literally manifesting that to happen. Stop. Absolutely. Stop. It's, and it's I'm like, is it manifesting it to happen or is it just trying to be aware of what could potentially be a random reality. But there's a difference, though, between manifesting something and it being a, something that accidentally happens. For example, when we talk about police violence, right? I learned how to teach my kids how to approach police so that they don't make a situation that is no situation. Mm -hmm. For example, growing up in Brooklyn, we dealt with stop and frisk. Mm -hmm. My uncle, Kevin, was a police officer. He mm -hmm. taught me how to deal with police so I don't have issues true. with police. That is true. I've watched my friends get manhandled and beat up by police in part because the police officers were being dickheads, but also in part because it's like, dude, like you were being so unnecessary mm -hmm. that you have two sides mm -hmm. that are trying to prove a point and not be a part of a narrative that create a reality out of a narrative because both sides are unwilling to relax for a minute. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had friends, we we walking down the street and a cop say something to them. It's like, fuck you, da, 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 da. 
Now the cop has an ego mm-hmm. and he coming, what you say to me? And now they going back and forth. And no, no, you ain't going to do this. Then they get into a tussle. Now you on the floor getting hemmed no, up and getting you're arrested. absolutely right. As opposed to me when it came to cops. Yes, I've dealt with cops who have been bigoted, threw my stuff on the floor. You've been there with me, mm-hmm. took me out the car, mm-hmm. put me in handcuffs for no reason. But I've always had my life mm-hmm. because I stayed calm. Yeah. And I was just like, yo, this is what, you know, this is how my uncle told me to present myself in these situations. The reason why I'm saying that and the reason why I said a lot of people won't like these statements is because it sounds as if I'm saying black people are the responsibility, are the responsible parties when something bad happens to them with police. That's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And I don't want people to, to make, be confused by it. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, is don't create a reality for yourself based on what's sensationalized mm-hmm. in the media. Right. Like, like, really look at the numbers, look at what's going on, and don't create a reality for yourself. For yourself, yeah. The same way I could have created a reality for mm-hmm. myself if Jackson sends me that text, I go get my gun, I jump in my car, and I run up to the school. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I run up to school and do something irrational without thinking what really are the chances. Right. You know? And um, I say all that to also say this. There need to be tougher gun laws in America. Period. That was going to be mine. Like, that's just... That's just what it like, is. I, I want people to not create realities out of narratives. Right. But they're also Don't has equip their asses with the, 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 right, the tools right, right. to right. do shit like this. Like, come on. Like, at some Bruh, point, things have to change. This is not cool. They have to give. This is not cool. And 600, even though I, I made the point to show that 600 is not a lot compared to 331 million, mm-hmm. but 600 is still too it's much. It's still too many. It's still too much. When you lose a loved one, that's one too many. many. Absolutely. Period. Absolutely. All right, y'all. Be sure to find us on Patreon and you can see exclusive Deadass Podcast video content there and so much more. I don't know if y'all been checking out all day, K, baby, but if you want more of me, baby, you got to sign up because we're having a good time over there as we get all day, K, back up and running. Shameless plug. And if you can find us on social media, social, uh, it's going to be Deadass the Podcast on Instagram, Kadeen I Am. And I am Deval. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And y'all still telling friends about us? Tell your friends, y'all. Because people still, you see, another list letter that we have, somebody said they just yes. found out about the podcast and had to catch up from season one. So catch bring up. them on board, y'all. Catch up. Deadass. Deadass, y'all. Deadass is a production of iHeartMedia Podcast Network and is produced by Denora Pena and Tribble. Follow the podcast on social media at Deadass the Podcast and never miss a thing. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you. And how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock. One at Flatiron Plaza in New York City and one at Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. With giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it's a perfect time to try, like, and share black-led products. It's free for everyone and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with black-led products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart. Trust, you don't want to miss it.